What's up, Lifehouse fam? Welcome back to the Life Talk Podcast. My name is Manny, and Jarvis is out on daddy duty um, as we speak. Abby may or may not be having a baby. Mm-hmm. We don't know, but uh, she's in the hospital. So by the time you hear this, baby Elliot should be here. Um, so be praying for Jarvis and Abby. Um, today, we have a very special guest. We got Elder Jeff Sareka. What's up, Jeff? Hey, what's up, Manny? How are you? Doing pretty good. We uh, we took a week off of our Elder Series and released a uh, podcast with the interns but we're getting back in our elder series we'll have jeff today and then we'll release a podcast about what an elder is and our our, our goal is for you to just get our know our elders and, and understand what an elder is and, and why we have elders here at lifehouse and why we operate the way we operate um look forward to you guys hearing jeff's testimony and also the episode about elders but we're going to get started so jeff before we even get started i mean Jeff is one of my favorite people why because jeff is an eagles fan and a phillies fan and a sixers <laughs> fan and a flyers fan you know me and jeff we understand each other so Absolutely. how about some fills, man? Yeah. Yeah. Nice little streak they're on. So hopefully they can keep that going. <laughs> keep and, it uh, going. Yeah. I know you need to get like a, like a sports podcast going, yeah. you know, like this brings back the memories of, of a childhood dream of wanting to, to do this and right. be in the headphones and have the microphone. And, we we and may never talk start talking about your testimony. We might just start <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> bringing down. Hey, we got to start it on the side, on the side. So, I mean. We always ask our guests, what is your earliest memory? Well, the earliest memory, and I will uh, take this right to Philadelphia sports because it's it's true. It's my earliest memory. I would have been, I guess, just turning three. I was at the Phillies parade in 1980. Nice. So just turning three. And I just remember sitting up on some sort of like wooden bleachers or something and uh, and not really knowing what it was, obviously, at the age of three, but knowing I was there just the feeling of, of people around me and celebrating. And, and it was, a you know, describing that my parents were able to confirm that that was indeed the Phillies parade of 1980. Hey. So right that right off the bat, <laughs> we're, we're jumping into sports. That's, that's a great memory to have, man. Yeah. Most people have some type of like traumatic memory. They were like, I fell off of this and I got hit by that. Like, that's a good memory. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a good memory. It is good. And of course it was many years since we got to experience it again for the Phillies, but, but yeah, yeah I didn't it experience it till 08. No. <laughs> and that was my right. first one ever. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah, then the not too many of them. Yeah. So, so we do know what it's like to have traumatic. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Every other year yeah. in between 80 and 08 was traumatic. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> so you, you're a Philly sports fan. So where are you from originally? I'm right. I'm from Delaware. Okay. So uh, born and raised in Newcastle, Bear area. So I'm not from Middletown. So, you know, we always, always joke and take pride of, of us above the canal, yeah. as we say. <laughs> Uh, the Northerners and uh, and and I'm one of them. So uh, so yeah, Northern Delaware was has has been my my home my whole life. Awesome, awesome. Like it, you know, when I came to Delaware, it was so weird because you know I came from Philly where it was just Philly fans, and you had a couple Cowboys fans here and there just 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 cause. But coming over here, you got so many t- t- cities so close by that it's so mixed up. Like it, it's it's good when you find somebody that's that's a part of your clan is like yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah and I feel like that's the canal is kind of the dividing point because okay. you start getting the the Maryland sports fans in sense. Washington and uh, but you know if you're all the if you're above then you're you're pretty much yeah, <laughs> yeah all the above you're pretty much in in Philly land basically yeah. gotcha so what was your childhood like did you grow up in a Christian home I grew up so I went to a Christian school okay. I went to a Christian school from from kindergarten all the way through through 12th grade. And and that's kind of part of part of the story that I'll talk about here is just growing up in a Christian bubble, but that bubble was school. 
and school only was my Christian bubble. I did not have, um, you know, so we went to church sporadically, gotcha. um, not really connected, not really understanding what it meant to serve and to uh, just pour and invest into a, a church. Um, so that was, that was, it was different once I started to experience that. Um, but you know, that bubble that you create in a Christian school can be very dangerous. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you can, you can start getting some, some false self, um, identity, you know, as, as what you think you are. Right. But then realizing you're not in Christ. Um, so that was kind of my experience in school because that's what it was. It was, I was protected in that bubble, um, I had a good home life, um, but just wasn't, it, it, it was very, it was very lukewarm, very wishy-washy. It wasn't, it wasn't on fire for the Lord, to, I would say. Um, and, and we weren't really involved in a church. We would go just because we had to basically, you know, yeah. you kind of just go on Christmas and, and here and there and, um, but nothing, nothing invested in as a family. Gotcha. So as you're growing up, what, what was, you know, middle school Jeff like? So it, not crazy at all. Very, very <laughs> nerdy, I guess you could say. So I, it was all sports, and it was like the the deeper level of sports. It was getting into into stats and all yeah. that. So I remember, you know, doing the broadcast here. I remember my dad playing church soft or church softball, or even just slow pitch softball. And I would stand in the outfield and act like I was broadcasting the games. <laughs> like you know, who wants to hear a bunch of bunch of old guys playing softball yeah but that's what i did like i, I acted like i was doing a broadcast awesome. and then uh taking that further you know we would play kickball games in the in the neighborhood or whatever i didn't want to play i wanted to be the umpire so i i that was one of my dreams as a child was to become a major league umpire someday so i would be the ones that was you know calling people out and getting in arguments and and i never wanted to play i wanted to be the official i wanted to officiate the game um, and then to take that further, and this is like more high school, Jeff, but once again, just to show how cool I was, <laughs> I would buy score books and I would keep the score. I would keep the score book for Sixers and Phillies game. And not even at the end. I would like literally be in my living room watching TV, doing it, <laughs> watching TV and keeping, uh, the score book for the Phillies games. So, so even now, like for church softball, when I, if I'm sitting at a game, I'm like, I want the book. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do the book. I want to keep the hits. And I even told my wife, I said, I wish I could, if I did it the whole year, then I would keep hits and errors and get, get everybody's averages and everything. Cause it just, it just, what fueled me was, was right. doing stats and, and the history of um, not only sports, but of America. Like I was big into presidents and, and old Newcastle and all those things just always fueled me. Um, and so it was kind of like the deeper level of all of this, you know, more than just going out and, Right. Worrying about cars and girls and uh, playing sports. It was, and I played sports, but I was more into, into like the intricacies of sports, if you know what I mean. I mean, and and I can imagine it helped you with the fundamentals. Like just the fact that you wanted to know in and out, you know, so many young kids just wanted to do the flashy things and sure. And and practice when they're dribbling and, and, and doing the fancy layups instead of just doing fundamentals when it comes to basketball, football, baseball, They're, they're worried about the wrong things. And I think, doing that probably helped you a lot instead of doing all that being flashy you, you know you, you you got the understanding of the game and then it, that came more important to you than actually playing so when you played that i'm sure that helped you a lot sure exactly and it, and it helped coaching because it was one of my favorite things to do as a coach and i yeah. think it 
it leads into teaching, you know, right. me, like you know, even in life groups and stuff it, to have that mentality of wanting to teach and coach and, and to do things fundamentally. And my kids get on me all the time about that, <laughs> you know, like, well, you know, just, just talking about the game back in the day and, and everything of how things are now. And, um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely helped in that sense. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more, Yeah. Uh, but it ha- it played a good, good part of the backdrop. As you were sharing that a few minutes ago, I was thinking, I was literally on my way to get a haircut this morning, listening to Philly sports radio. And, and, and there was a guy from Arizona. Um, and he, he's, he, he's, he's an ASU university studying, um, broadcasting. So he, he's, he's, he's not from Philly. He's from Arizona. His dad's a nice. Philly guy. So they come here once a year and he was watching the game and he he went viral because he called he was calling the game from the stands when Garrett Stubbs hit the walk off <laughs> home nice. run yeah. like he was acting like he was calling the game yeah and and it ended up going viral because he called it as he hit the home run and just oh, went nice. nuts so I, I was just picturing that while, while you were That's while awesome. you were saying that yeah that would be a dream for sure <laughs> uh, man listen go to the game and call the game because Angelo invited him to the studio and give oh, him wow. his grand got, tour wow. and <laughs> yeah he got so a he lot got of you know <laughs> a lot of pub for that yeah a lot of pub for that so. So, you know, you said, you know, middle school and even high school, Jeff, you know, you were you were in, heavily into sports, you know, you were you were into in, in, in intricacies. So how, how were you as a student? Uh, I was a good student. I I enjoyed it. You know, I was a, a fan of math and, and all that. And just, you know, it. I always loved doing reports and, and all that stuff. So once again, just all the boring <laughs> stuff, it was like I didn't try to get out of that stuff. I, I, I enjoyed it. And uh um, you know, I always said, even in the college, like, Hey, I could, I could just keep going to college. You yeah. know, I, I, I just, I think it's changed now, but when I first got out, it was like, yeah, this is all great. I can right. just keep doing this. So. so you're, you're people who don't know you, Jeff is very tall. I'm sure you were tall. You're probably like Carter all through school, right? I'm thinking like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, how yeah. was that? Like, did, 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 did people mess with you because of how tall you were? No, or? I, no not really. And I enjoyed it. I, I really, I really did. It never, you know, I never minded the the questions and the, and the jokes and all that. It was, it was all good. And, and like I said, it was, I kind of had in, in a, for a small Christian school, you kind of, you kind of had the same people that you grew up with. Right. You just went to school with to all the way through 12th grade. So it was, it was kind of a, a and I, I didn't go far from that. You know, I was either involved heavily involved in school or I was home just hanging out watching the games or playing board games with my parents you know that's kind of what it was yeah uh throughout all that so it was it was all good my height was I'm, I'm proud of that for yeah. sure <laughs> definitely nothing to be ashamed of um so after high school you went to college so you know right out of high school did you know what you wanted to do in college I, I didn't I, I actually wanted to be a statistician at okay. first so thinking okay I enjoy doing this on the side so let's let's do that but um but knowing at first, uh, you know, so I played high school basketball and I had a chance to play at the, at the college level. So I played two years at a community college down at, at Cecil, Cecil College. Um, you know, once again, always joking with my kids and I get eye rolls all the time because I tell them that I was a, like a high performance collegiate <laughs> athlete. And they're like, all right, you went to a community college, you played <laughs> basketball for two years. Stop. Um, but it was fun. It was good. Yeah. Uh, I knew that after those two years that that was going to be that was going to be it for me and, and didn't have intentions of of going of going further. Um, so I knew I had to I had to do something that was going to that was going to be a career because <laughs> I knew basketball was not going to be it. Right. Um, so, you know, played played for those two years, got all the general stuff out of the way and then uh, transferred to Delaware for a semester and hated it. And that's when I was a stats major, quote unquote, Um and then realizing that that's not what I wanted to do in a big university, you know, I was just swallowed up by a big university. It was, 
it was not, it was not, it didn't feel right to me to be sitting with 400 other students. Cause I was used to my 20, right. 20 students in a classroom for my whole life. Uh, so that was a little much. So I couldn't wait to, to be out of there. And then that's when I transferred to Wilmington university and worked at, during the day and went to school. And, um, and that's where I got my accounting degree. So, gotcha. So, it, you know, I'm sure this probably started when you were in high school, you were younger. What, what was the first job you ever did? So the first job, I actually worked at a sporting goods store. Okay. And I made trophies. Nice. And I put, I did the heat press for softball jerseys. So those, you know, those old school numbers that, yeah. you know, they, nowadays they're all screen printed nicely. But back in the day, you had those like, I don't even know what they're made out of. Some kind of vinyl letters and numbers. And you had to put it, you had to put it square on the back and, yeah. and put the heat press down yep. and hope they didn't. They didn't cross over and get all wrinkly on you and stuff. So that's, I did that and I made trophies and plaques. So nice. I, I, you know, learned how to use the, the cutter. It was like a machine that, it, you know, it went through and made, you know, 75 T-ball trophies for, for some team, you know, <laughs> and there was a lot of them. Uh, so that was my actual first job and I and loved it because once again, it was sports related and right. I was, you know, just sitting there making trophies all day. So, so I know just from us talking, you mentioned working with your dad sometimes growing up. What was that like? So, yeah. So my dad was a, was a, a, a delivery, a uh, food delivery person. So even when I was born, he worked for seven up, worked for Coca-Cola and then he ended up working for an Italian bread company in Wilmington, um, which is why I'm so picky about roles today. I mean, I something even to be picky it's, about it's something to be, it's very important. It's yes. like very important problems to be worried about. Uh, even today, it's like, I'll go to a store to get roles. And if they don't feel right, I just won't get roles. Yeah. And Heather, did you get roles? No, I didn't get roles because they didn't feel right. I'm not eating these. So it's awful. I know. But just growing up, just like knowing the importance right. of it, of, of a perfect role. And I know that's not what this podcast is about, <laughs> but it's important to get that point out there. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so he, uh, you know, I work, uh, he had just an amazing work ethic. He would have to get up at midnight because he would take Italian bread and rolls down to, he, he worked down near Baltimore. So he would leave Wilmington, Claymont every morning at midnight, get up at midnight and go down there and be down there till two or three in the afternoon, uh, delivering Italian bread and rolls to sub shops and, and, uh, pizza places and, and other delis and stuff. So I would, I would, I would go with him. I have to get up at midnight to go with him. Um, but you know, I would, I'd be pooped out by 7am. I'd be, yeah. I'd be asleep in the big <laughs> aluminum box trucks, which probably isn't safe, but he would bring a lawn chair for me and I would, I would just lounge out on the chair and it was probably was sliding all over the back of the truck. Um, but I ate well cause you, you know, they always fed you at oh, every yeah. one of those places. You get some good homemade chicken salad and some and whatever tuna they, whatever and they pizza. Make it, they feeding you. Absolutely. Cause it was all fresh. Like, before customers even came in, they had it ready to go. So, oh, yeah. uh, so it was a, it was a good experience, but the, but the important thing there was just seeing his work ethic and, and yeah. knowing that, uh, he worked so hard since out of high school. And I was, you know, I was, he, he, I was, he was only, uh, 20 when I was born. Uh, so him and my mom got married very young. And, um, so I saw that from the beginning, his work ethic and, and it yeah. went all the way till he couldn't get up and down on trucks anymore. He's retired now, but, um, uh, but he, he worked for, for many years in that industry. It was hard on his body, but it's not it was, for the faint of heart, man. No, I mean, and you know that, yeah, you know that well, I've been to yeah. Coke hers and hers was a lot better cause it was lighter. Sure. But, yeah. But yeah, them early mornings and you know, like yeah. many hours and, and yeah. a lot of, yeah. And, yeah. I know we talked about that. The food is good though. The food, yeah, absolutely. The food part is really good. And, and being able to listen to sports radio all day. Yes. And, and, yeah. and now, you know, when I first started, it was sports radio, then podcast came along 
I used to just listen to Angelo all day and then go into the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, <and then> yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It, was, it made it easier. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you you did become an accountant. Um, how many total jobs did you do before you got to that point? I mean, it's trophy store working. With, I know you working with your dad wasn't like an official job, but you helped him out. And, it, yeah, yeah. And then I worked at a warehouse um, in Newcastle for a while, um, but that was just like unloading trucks and stuff. So until I got my first account, my so really it was only like my third job of all of ever. Gotcha. <laughs> um, that I, I took an internship back in in two thousand, even before I got married. Um, yeah, I think a couple months before. Or no, a couple months after, actually. Sorry, but um, but anyway, point is, is that you know, I I got that internship, and and then I was ended up being there for thirteen years, and in, in public accounting. So, yeah, and yeah. I mean that I'm naive to everything in that world. I know, I know, when I first started coming to Lifehouse, you were working, I guess, for a business, right? And at some point, you transitioned and started your own business. Correct. Yeah. So, um, so it was it was probably about eight years ago when I, when I went into the private world of accounting. Okay. So, and I know this is the, this is the riveting accounting portion of the program. <laughs> um, but you know, I, 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 um, it, it was good to get out of the public world because I, it was tax seasons. It was working 80 hours from January to April and, and it was, it was brutal. So I was like, I'm going to get away from taxes. I'm not going to do taxes anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, little did I know that I get into a, a the, the private world and I get right back into taxes. taxes. And then seven years later, which was like two years ago, when I decided to go out on my own and do this, I'm still doing taxes, so I just can't <laughs> get away from it. But, um, but yeah, going out on my own was the was the best decision. It was, it was just I don't regret it, and um, you know, love all my clients, and and just having the the freedom and a, a bit of you know ability to uh, to to do what I can at church, uh, and then also for my family to be able to coach where needed. And yeah, um, you know, there were there were times where it was. It was tough, you know, having four boys and, and all going different directions. Uh, it, we didn't realize how how much our our family suffered with all that we were doing, right? Until I was home and being able to, to help and and be able to be there with homework and even help with dinner. Um, it, it really took a lot of lot of stress off. So it, it's been it's been it's been great and love doing it. Awesome. So along this journey, you know, you mentioned you went to Christian school. You know, grew up in in a in, in a quote unquote question household but you know you never really experienced true like w- when did that saving faith come how did that happen so so i got saved young okay i got saved young i got i got saved in second grade and nice. and i remember i remember it vividly um by my second grade teacher in a, in a classroom or in a library we were taken out of the classroom and i don't i don't even know what the, the situation was around it but um uh, but i remember going into a library and and her talking talking to me and and accepting the lord as my savior um but once again that wasn't that wasn't like really real for me um until probably out of even out of college i mean it was it was a, it was a while after that um even after my even after my my basketball career my two years yeah. <laughs> in college that i played it was even after that which which there are big regrets for that you know because once again, and that's kind of the theme here is that, you know, I, I didn't portray that faith. You know, you don't, you don't see the, um, the difficult side of the faith in, in a Christian school, especially it's, it's, it's very protected and it's right. very surface. Like the things you talk about, you know, you memorize Bible verses, you have chapel, um, but there's not really any conviction and really getting deep down inside your soul to, to reflect on what, um, on what your relationship looks like with the Lord. And I didn't really experience that until um, you know we got involved in church after I was married. Well, I would say before marriage, but um, 
um, but it definitely wasn't in the Christian school environment or, or uh, in the home or anything like that. It was after that. So what did that look like? You know, that, that process of getting plugged into a church, like how did you first start going to church on your own? And then what was that all like? Yeah. So I guess I, I probably should talk a little bit about my relationship with my wife now, because okay. that kind of leads well, into let's that. Let's go into that. Yeah. So let's, let's, before we, let's, let's back up and when did you meet Heather? Yeah. And, and yeah, and yeah. Then we'll go into the, into that part of it. Okay. So, um, so we have a real easy story. She's the only one that I've dated and I'm the only one that she's dated. So I was 15 she was 16, so she was driving me around before I was driving her around. <laughs> Same <with> here. Movies. <laughs> so, um, but but yeah, so we started dating very young, and and there's and she'll even tell you that you know there's a lot of drama with that when you get involved that young, and, yeah. and, uh, and kids are different. Uh, every kid can handle that differently, and ours was was tough, you know, because it was times where it seemed like we would bicker, like we were a married couple, or whatever. and it's just <laughs> it just wasn't it wasn't. Uh, there's times where it wasn't healthy, I think, because we were so young and, and committed at that young of an age. Um, so that was difficult. But what that did is, um, you know, I, I got to see I got to see a, a, a side of her family, a spiritual side that I think I was missing, um, which was a, a family that was that was inv- invested and in, in going to church and serving. And, um, you know, she grew up at a Christian camp. Um, so she had she she was in ministry. Um Dad was not a pastor, but a director of a camp is is a big deal down right. in Virginia. So, uh, so she knew that that life. Um, so when we started going to church, it was kind of the was kind of the thing that we were dating and we were serious, um, probably right out of high school. So probably like seventeen, eighteen. And you know, she would say, "Hey, I'm going to church," and I would say, "Okay, I'll be over Sunday afternoon to watch the Eagles <laughs> game." <laughs> so I'm going to sit home and I'm going to have my breakfast and and I'm going to watch all the all the pregame shows for, for, uh, for football. And then I'll come over. And that was, that was just understood. I wasn't yeah. going to go to church. I proclaimed to be a Christian. Um, once again, I met her in Christian school. So she was, we, we went to high school all together. Um, never really grew in our faith. We just kind of just went once again, just in that bubble, the bubble that, um, that was so, it was so protected, you know, and, and there was no challenge at all. In, in that, and those seeing the Lord work in in us or in me, I would say. Um, so she would go to church, and I would go over there Sunday afternoons. Um, and then, it, and finally, was like, "Well, why don't you come to church with me?" And that was hard. Like, I gotta get up early now, yeah. and I got to go to church with you on Sunday mornings. Um, but what that did is, I started seeing that uh, that community and and start enjoying it and start really thriving in it. And we would get involved in, in small groups, and at the time, like a college ministry. Um, and it, it just, it, it, I realized that I was missing that, you know, cause she grew up going to youth group on, on Wednesday nights. And, and even though I sit here as an elder now and my kids are, are fully invested, I never went to a youth group, never got involved in any kind of a wana or any of that old yeah. school Baptist stuff, never did any of that because I literally just went to the Christian school and that's all my involvement was as far as the Lord's work, <laughs> you know, it was nothing else. Um, so I was behind in all that, you know, and, and, and so we got connected, we got plugged in with other people our age, which was like crazy, you know, like, Oh, there's like people our age right. that are here that, you know, we were on the verge of getting married, um, and, and being able to connect with other believers, which now I'm starting to under, you know, grow in my faith and grow with the person who I'm, I'm going to marry now with other people. So it, um, so, so that's how we kind of, 
that's how I got back into into church, uh, really, and and for it to mean it, not just show up because we feel like we have to go, but to actually go into um, and to start connecting with with others, not just going and sitting and leaving. Um, so you know when. Because when, when when we do that, like we go visit somewhere, it's it's so natural just to want to serve, you know. Right. And it's like, oh man, I feel like I need to be doing something. I, I can't just go to a church and and just sit, you know. And um, uh, so because you just kind of build that mentality of what it looks like to to you know to to be involved, right? And uh, um, so so that's kind of how it how it started, I would say. So, cheer so, about you know you, you talked about you meeting her and your salvation and. You know, at what age did you guys start to have children? So it was, um, it was years. It was, it was. We we tried, and and there was some there were some issues. She had some medical issues that that we had to work through. So it was it was difficult. It was definitely difficult, and it challenged it, it challenged our marriage for sure. Um, because I I you know I came into the marriage um, just it was kind of a, the bubble at home too. Like my mom did a lot for me, and and no offense, but she did. So I came in just kind of expecting, okay, this is how this is right. how it is. My my wife will just do a lot of the stuff around here, and that was hard on our marriage to start um, because I wasn't the I wasn't the leader I was supposed to be, and um, you know, and then on top of that, then you are now adding so probably let's see uh, three or four years of of having difficulties getting pregnant, um, you know of of her being on special diets and her getting shots and all that stuff. It was, it was, it was hard. So, um, so when that, when it finally happened, it was, it was, it was a blessing for sure. So okay. it was, it was, I guess five, five years, five years yeah. in. Yeah. And, and Tyler and followed by Carter a couple years later. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Yep. So we had our, our two boys and, and it, everything was good. So during oh, those good. times of, of, of having difficulty, um, having children i mean for those that know you or know that you have two adopted boys now like did that start during those times did you start to think about that at that time or was that not even an option back then so heather has always thought about it because her mom was adopted okay so she's always had that thought um of, of wanting to adopt and it was never on my never for me and i would always avoid the topic she would bring it up and i'll be like just laugh it off like that's, right. that's just not going to happen good one, good uh, one. <laughs> she yeah that's 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 real funny that's real funny um and so when that you know when that switch was when we were we were here at lifehouse and and you know knowing some families that that have adopted and um and you know they had an informational session here and even rewind before that i mean there, she, she was still telling people that we were going to do it someday and i i literally was like starting to get angry and i told her in private i'm like you need to stop telling people this this is this is not we're, we're misleading people yeah. and and we're not on the same page on this um but i feel like what i was doing was like not even opening that up to the lord yeah and and there were some men at our church today tyler robinson being one and brian conalongo that um that i learned you know just just to open your heart to it and don't resist it uh it still might not happen but but you were, I'm turning off God at this point. And so for me to do that is wrong. And, um, and, and so I was like, all right, I'm going to start praying differently about it. And, um, and, and we had some, I had some good talks with Brian and Tyler. We met with both of them and both of them were, were are so integral in, in, in what we're doing now. Um, 
because I, I, I felt like I could ask them the tough questions, especially from a, a husband, a yeah. father perspective who has bio, who have biological kids. Right. Um, and, and just how, and what that looks like. And, um, and really thinking I was, I was like scum of the earth for, for not wanting to do it, you know? So like almost embarrassed to, um, to even, uh, you know, to even say, you know, this is something I don't want to do. Um, but my wife wants to do it. So should I do it just cause she does or do I, or, you know, and obviously that's not the, the right way to do it. Um, so after talking with them and opening, opening up to that saying, all right, Lord, what, what is this going to look like? Um, and, and you would have to work on my heart at this point, but I'll be open up. I'll, I'll, I'll let you work on it <laughs> anyway, right. any way it is, whether we're supporting them financially or, or whatever, whatever it is. Um, so that, and, and, and so that turned into what is happening here at Lifehouse, which is a, a, you know, an epidemic of people adopting and fostering, which is awesome. But, but what started that was an informational session at EMMS Everett Meredith middle school. And, um, and, uh, just going in and just listening to people yeah, and, um, and, and realizing that, that, yeah, it, it might not be international adoption where my heart is. Um, but knowing that and, and just seeing the interactions that, that, that Tyler has or, or Brian has with, with their kids, um, knowing that God started to work on my heart in that area. Yeah. And that's what Heather was praying for all along. She was like, God, she wasn't we weren't really talking about it anymore it was like if our eric god if you want this to happen you need to work on him so we're i'm going to pray for for that side of it you know for you to work on him whether it's yes or no or change it in my heart um but we weren't going at it anymore about it because um because it had to be the lord's lord's hand at this point to to change my heart and so once i opened my heart to it then we were able to to sync that up a little bit more. How many years has it been now since you've adopted? Um, it's, it's been five years, five years, and five they're years. Are they officially biological brothers They're biological brothers. Correct. Awesome. Yep. Yep. So it's been five years. And, um, and honestly, like the, the biggest faith, faith walk <laughs> ever, you know, yeah. and, and just, you know, what we, and it changed both of us so much because what we wanted, you know, we had the, the, what we thought perfect little family, right. Um, that was turned upside down by, by bringing these two in. And, and it was, it was difficult and still remains difficult um, for all four of us, you know, for, for me, Heather and, and our two biological boys. Um, but just knowing what has come from that and knowing that, you know, that Tyler, who's my oldest now wants to get into law enforcement, wants to be a, a state trooper. And part of that reason is because he knows what his brothers went through and he wants to he wants to be able to 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 get people off the street who are who yeah. are making it difficult for kids. You know that's one of his things that he he aspires to, and and, and that would wouldn't happen if if he didn't if he wasn't living in this right. this faith journey with us. You know because yeah. it's literally it's like every day we have to we have to wake up and say, Lord, it's yours because we don't know how today is going to be. We don't know. We just don't know. It could go in any direction. So God, this has to be you because it's not it's not in our hands and it's not in our strength. Like we always thought it was. Like we could do so much, you know, with your with your biological kids, you can do so much and you feel like you can force them to do things, but but we learned that we were humbled real quick uh with 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 our adoptive boys. Like this is um you know, this is not that way and this this is the Lord's hand and, and we have to be humble now to say, All right, 
we're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes and we're going to learn and we're going to cry and, and laugh a lot together as a family. And we might look a little dysfunctional at times, yeah, <laughs> which we do, but that's fine. And we're good with that now. You know, we're, we're, we're totally good that that's, that's how it is. And, um, uh, because the, because the Lord has us. So, so I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit here. Do you guys plan on adopting again? We, we do, we do, okay. we do. Yeah. I guess that, <laughs> so, it's not public knowledge. No, it's not public knowledge. <laughs> um, I guess it will be now. So everybody, even the guy in Germany. Yeah. The guy in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> all over this nation, all over this world now, all over the globe. Um, no, there is talks about it again. We felt like, um, you know, that there's obviously a need there and there's still so much of us that, that we can give. Um, and you know, and once again, and I think part of it is so many things in our, in our lives, we, we, we don't want to move on until we perfect something, right? you know, and say, okay, this is now good. So I'm going to move on to something else and see what God has for me. But God doesn't call us to that. God calls us to step out of that, right? even in our mess, right? And to trust him through messes. And we're not through our current mess. I mean, it's still messy every day. Like I said, every morning we, we don't really know how it's going to be that day. So, so through that mess, um, we're like, yeah, we can, we can, we, we still have more faith, right? So we can trust God with more and we still have more to give to a child. Um, so yeah, so that, that is the plan at some point. And, um, we don't know when that is, but, yeah. but yeah, there, that, that's, that's our goal at least Lord willing. So, so you went from, you know, for those who may be struggling with the same topic, I mean, I know it's something I've thought about and, and we've struggled with and trying to figure out, but Jeff went from the man he's describing to now he's on the board of, what is it? Mid Atlantic orphan care. Like you went from there to there. I mean, so obviously like God can definitely change your heart and change your focus and <laughs> go from now nah, I'm good to now you're on a board. And then like, now you have a role, a bigger role in, in this organization and, you know, how did you end up doing that? Sure. Yeah. Well, that's once again, it was just, you know, an opportunity to, to get that advocacy of adoption and, and foster care throughout the state of Delaware. And, and how that looks is, is through churches, you know, that's, that's, that's the goal and that's where it should start, right? The church should step up in that way. And, and, you know, and Lifehouse is amazing in that way. I mean, we have so many that have, that have stepped up and, and every time there's somebody that comes up and says, Hey, we want to talk about it. We're like, Hey, when do you want to talk about it? Whether it's Starbucks or dinner or us coming to you, you coming to us, whatever right. it is, we want to talk about it because we want to give you the, the good, bad and ugly about this. And, but then also know that, you know, we wouldn't, there's no regrets because Tyler Robinson told me that and he's like, there's, I, I wouldn't trade this for the world, no matter how messy it is. And that always stuck with me. We met with them at their house right before Christmas of 2015, before we started the process. And, um, and I remember him saying that, like, I would never, and we heard the good, bad and ugly and him saying, I never would regret it. And, and that's, awesome. that's stuck, that stuck with me. So, you know, and that's, and that's kind of part of my testimony too, um, which I like to share because, um, so we worked in youth in youth ministry for seven years. Okay. And this is kind of going off topic, but it'll come back. Trust me. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, so we worked in youth ministry for seven years and I remember, um, uh, you know, youth leaders giving their testimony. And I remember going to the youth pastor and being like, I don't really have a, a testimony. I don't have like a, like a, 
a gutter moment where I saw the light right. and, and like a, a road to Damascus, you know, like a, like Paul. Um, I just don't, I didn't, I don't have that. So I've always been kind of embarrassed of my testimony because it was, um, it was kind of boring to be honest with you. So I'm going to try to like make this flashy in front of a bunch of teenagers <laughs> and they're going to be like, all right, so you played board games with your parents right. and you kept Philly scoreboards, scorebooks. So like, <laughs> what's up with that? But, but what she said was like, no, the kids, the kids need to, need to hear that, need to hear that you, you don't need to have some crazy testimony. You don't have to go rock bottom to come back up. But what I realized, though, as I started sharing my testimony, was that, that there was a lot of pride there because I thought, oh, I have an easy testimony. I don't have a, a gutter moment. But what I realized, what mine was almost worse because I was pretty much sitting on the fence my whole – I was lukewarm. And so I tell people that, you know, when I talk about my testimony, I'm like, I was lukewarm because I sat in a Christian bubble. I sat in a very lukewarm Christian home, quote unquote. Um, and then even when, you know, I had opportunities to share the gospel, I mean, I played basketball and I remember those guys, I remember guys on my team like making fun of me because I wasn't doing things with my girlfriend that they were doing with theirs. Right. And we would sit on these buses, right? We just took those vans. It wasn't a bus. It was like the the school, the college vans. And and we just played other schools around Cecil County, like Hartford County and, yeah. and Dundalk and all that. So we didn't travel far. But I remember sitting there and just staring out the window in shame because they were making fun of me. And I, and I, I so I felt like I was, you know, I didn't give in to that, but I could have been more proud of my, of, of what I, what I wasn't doing or what I was doing very lukewarm. I, I could, I, sh- I should have been passionate about it and I had a, every opportunity to do so in a secular environment and I chose not to. Um, so I tell people that, you know, just it, it, even if you are at a Christian school, you can still be on fire for the Lord. And, you know, and that's one of the challenges we have. Our boys are in a Christian school and, and it is troubling at times because, you know, they don't really have to proclaim their faith because they're in it every day right but they take it for take it for granted you know as opposed to to be in an environment where you had to stand up for your faith you can kind of hide in the bushes in your faith at a christian school at times uh there's some that stand out because they're they're preaching or they're leading chapel or they're leading worship at chapel and 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 those that stand out but there's so many that just did what i did and just like i'm comfortable here there's so many things that i'm learning as i get especially now and of course you, you learn as you get older anyway but so many things now that were never talked about in a small Christian school back in the nineties, you know, because it was like too deep or it was too controversial or, you know, you don't want to ruffle any feathers. So you just, you just kind of go through life, you know, and, and what that does is you just, you just sit on the fence the whole time and don't take a side. And the Lord wants to spit that out. You know, it's like, no, you're lukewarm, you know, it's like hot or cold. Like, and you're just, you're just kind of coasting through this thinking that you're just going to go to heaven because you got saved in second grade and and that's all you want to do is just say you got saved and just coast through it. Yeah. And that um and so that so I I think that's more condemning of of a testimony for somebody to hear as opposed to oh I was I was rock bottom and I right. found the Lord in desperation. No, I found the Lord because it because my girlfriend said you need to come start going to church with me. And stop coasting through life, and and so much of that was was coasting. So when I think of of where we are now through adoption, you know that there's there was so much that the Lord wanted to use me for that I wasn't being used for because I was just like 
I was good chilling, going through and just going to church and even even churches before coming to Lifehouse, just kind of coasting. Yeah. And and not really taking a stand one way or another or not ruffling any feathers. Um, but that changed when when we were now advocates for for children of trauma and children who needed desperately needed parents and needed the Lord more. And so that that kind of changed my mentality now of like, yeah, this we have to have a different a, a different a different route for our family for this. And that's, and that's kind of what the, the meshes I want to get to my kids who are, you know, I, I'm very thankful for the Christian school they're at, but, but there's, there's more to it than that, than just being in that Christian bubble. Yeah. I mean, for every, you know, for every one Reuben, there's nine Jeffs. <laughs> most people, most people grow up in that Christian bubble. Right. And, 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 and they think like you, I'm not talking to kids all the time. Like, oh, I don't have a testimony. And I tell them you have a testimony. To, you have a story to tell. You have a testimony to tell. And you just need to figure out what it is God is doing in your life. Like, like you said, I mean, a lot of it's the same thing, right? Just sitting on the sidelines because you just grow up. And, yeah. and sometimes it's harder. I think all the time is for me, it's harder to get a student out of that than to get a new believer to, to be on Absolutely. fire. Like it's, you know, cause they've just been stuck in their ways for so long. So yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of people who can resonate with what you're saying and understand what you're saying. Yeah, and that's so dangerous. That's so dangerous because then it leads to, um, yeah, I'm saved. When? Well, kind of always been saved. You know, that's right. what you hear, and it's like that's like alarms going off. Like, yeah. no, you haven't always been. You don't. You're not born saved. Right. And so, and I think when you just grow up in that, then you just kind of think you are because you're. You hear you go to Bible class, yeah. you know, and you hear that you you have to memorize a verse and and write it down at the end of the week. And so when you do that, you feel like you're you're good, and um and that's that's not the case at all for sure. So how did you end up at Lifehouse? What was that? How did your family end up here? So um so so we felt like we you know we just needed a, a new spiritual energy, and um and so we knew of Mark and Tammy just because of, of calling Levi. Gotcha. And um you know so other churches that we were at, they came and, and, and sang. So we, we knew of them and, and obviously definitely not the people that you see, you know, just they're, they're different, right. not in a bad way, but you just, you just get a different picture of them than, than when you do that. And actually an interesting story. And this just, just shows uh, Mark's heart and, and just, um, you know, just his gratefulness for his time for those that supported him. So when we first started coming to Lifehouse, um, we, we did dinner with them at Cantwell's and we were just, you know, just whatever. And, and, and they didn't know us at all. And so Heather joked about her supporting calling Levi cause she did when she was a teenager gave like 50 bucks. Um, I don't know what she gave a month, whatever. Um, but joked about it. Like I, I supported you guys. And he actually remembered what well, actually he brought it up first cause he, the name sounded familiar, her maiden name. And she was like, Heather Riscook. And, and he brought it up first about, uh, did you used to support us? And, and that really stuck with us. Like somebody who, and we always joke that Mark's good with names and yeah. you know, he does the child dedication. He knows everybody's names, baptisms, but he really does. And he really takes those things to heart. And he remembered Heather supporting him, supporting calling Levi when they were on the road. And, and I, that really, that really did something to us. And, and just to see the heart that they had, the heart for ministry. And, and obviously, um, you know, coming to a church where where, and we hear it a lot of pray first, pray always, but they really were doing that, you know, and, and we saw that, and you can you can see when churches are doing that. So that 
um, that really stuck with us. And, and so it went from a church like, oh yeah, we'll check it out because we know of calling Levi and they're, you know, famous in Delaware, famous Christian singers who yeah. travel around and we remember all their songs and have their CDs. And maybe we're obsessed at one point in time, listening to their CDs. Um, to now like, like seeing Mark's heart in ministry and, and knowing who he is and, and not seeing just a, a singer, but, um, but what his heart is for this community is is amazing, and that's what that's what drew us here to Lifehouse. So, what year was that when you guys came? That was December of twenty thirteen. So, so and, pretty and pretty close to the beginning. Yeah, pretty close. And one of the one of the incentives was knowing Tish and 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 her, the the great children's ministry that was here. So Tyler was in fifth grade. So we're like, oh, it'd be nice if, just for him to have one more year of like a good children's ministry. And then obviously Carter was coming up through that as well. So that was part of our motivation for for here as well, just knowing from the calling Levi experience, but then also the the ministry, the kids ministry here. Uh, so Tyler finished up his fifth grade year, then obviously he's he's now in college life here. But yeah, um, but yeah, so that's that that was yeah, December of twenty thirteen. So you come to Lifehouse in twenty thirteen. We're now in twenty twenty two, and at what point in your tenure here at Lifehouse were you approached about being an elder? Um, so I guess that was 2016 ish. And I heard, I heard the other podcast talk about the dates. Yeah. And, and I, at first I, I, I agreed with Steve that it was 2016, but then looking at paperwork, it was that we officially came on board together. We were, me, Steve and Jason were all together, all three, all three together. Yes. And that was in October of 2017. So gotcha. Jason was right Jason, okay. about the date because I actually had to confirm that when he, they were talking about it. I'm like, I need to go back and look at that myself because I was thinking 16 as well. But I think it was official. You know, you have like the the, the period right. of, of observation, and and at the time we were still with Drew and Mike right. and John Schwartz from there down in, in Smyrna. Now they were we were all still together. So um, so yeah, so that's when that's when we came on gotcha. officially. So 2017. So, so it was a, a little bit of both, right? Because Steve was saying we were all together, I believe, and and then Jason, but Jason had the date right. Date, yeah. <laughs> so right. Jeff's just putting all, you know, his, his statistician yeah. mind is yes. putting all the. <laughs> I'm like, let's bring, let's let's get the record straight for everybody now that it's official on the podcast. Yeah. It was October of 2017. So 2017. <laughs> so that's a, that's awesome because because literally like so I, I, when Jason said that, I'm like man I just missed that by two months so now is <laughs> now I know all three of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were December of 17. Yeah. You started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. All right, so you became an uh, an official elder in October of seventeen. So, what was that process like leading up to that? Um, it it was, uh, you know, it was Mark approaching me, and and you know, and, and I know that's kind of the mentality here is that you know, there we're not looking for people saying me, me, pick me right. as an elder. I mean, you we have to see those qualifications, and and I think I, I didn't understand the magnitude of that when Mark approached me because. I'm always like unassuming about this. I'm like, what do you, you know, that's not really me. And, you know, I'm just here to, to do the grunt work and do whatever's needed. And, um, yeah. um, but that mentality had to change and it's been a, it's been a, a work in process for sure. It's been hard for me to be honest with you. Um, but you know, praying about it and, and, you know, I felt like that was something I wasn't going to, if, if, if the Lord was prompting Mark <laughs> and others to, to see that in me, then humbly I would, you know, I, I don't see how I could turn that down. Yeah. Um, but in honest, in honesty that the view of that has changed even since then, you know, and uh, the whole deacon and, and elder thing, you know, I think I even had that 
confused in the beginning as well yeah. uh, until I really understood what it meant to be an elder and the shepherding and the, and the, the praying uh, for our congregation that's that's required that has been a huge um, a huge transformation for me to see yeah we have a um, we've talked about in the previous podcast that we were going to have a episode about what an elder is and that we actually will have that episode with pastor Joel and and um, Jason Crowler that can come together that we, we, we figured we'd do that instead to have you know the staff perspective and the lay perspective and and just we, uh, it's like an hour and 20 minutes but we go in deep mm. theologically to talking about that elders and deacons and pastors and elders and just all the different things and what, what it means and, and all the, you know, it's, it's an awesome episode that you guys will enjoy. Um, so you have been, you know, in Christian school all your life, you, you, you get to church and then God calls you to be an elder, which as we'll talk about in the next podcast is essentially a pastor. So have you ever felt called to vocational ministry? Um, no, and I always say that because, you know, then I never want to put God in a box. So I, I say that cautiously, but, um, but no, I, I, I haven't really felt that, that inkling to that. Um, and, and I know that, that, you know, an elder is, is a pastor. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I enjoy getting up, you know, on stage every six months or so and preaching. And, <laughs> um, you know, I, I enjoy teaching, um, the smaller group settings, but uh, it hasn't it hasn't been on my on my heart to 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 pastor. Yeah, to answer to answer the yeah. question, and and once again, it, you know, my heart has changed a lot to that because I I've seen all the what goes behind the curtain of of being an elder and and thinking like I sit in the room with the elders and just like man this. Sometimes I still feel very inadequate to be completely completely transparent here. It's like, man, this is so humbling to be doing this and to know the importance of 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 what we're called to do. Yeah. You know, is to is to shepherd, especially in the, in this in these times. You know, these last couple of years that have been difficult, and and just seeing God use our church and protect our church, and it's scary. It's scary at times to sit in there and and try to work through things. Um, but you know, I and I even said it from the pulpit a couple of weeks ago. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the group of men that I'm, you know, that I'm with, including you. Yeah. Um. Just a and that just that whole process of of what we've created and what we're what unity we have now. It's um, it, I yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything, and 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 love the role. Just just for the record, everybody, I I always tell Jeff, and he doesn't like when I tell him that. I, I believe that God is going to. Have him pastor his own church one day. Yeah, that <laughs> this, this is still on. <laughs> still, we still we still running here. We joke about this, and you uh, know, but to, for me, it makes so much sense because it's the people like 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 you said, like we don't go around looking for people that are like screaming, "Make me an elder." We, you know, I feel like that's what God does when He calls people into full time ministry. Like He's not going around looking for people that are like that, like He just calls the people that you wouldn't expect, and and and. But once He gives you that calling you won't be able to deny it sure yeah like, he exactly. hasn't got you there yet like, like adoption yeah right? like you won't be able deny to deny it, it. yeah no, i mean like we hear mark say it all the time like you know he, he didn't want to and then god made yeah. it, but now he can't do anything else because god has called him to do that sure and yeah he's obviously already called you to do it in and in lay in the lay fashion but i believe one day it will be in a vocational fashion well, <laughs> we'll continue to lay we'll, for now we'll, we'll jeff's to gonna lay. pull off the stats he's gonna go back to the podcast like what, what year <laughs> yeah, right. what, when did that come out <laughs> exactly yeah we're gonna have to pull the records on this one <laughs> <laughs> so 
All right, and one of your roles here, you know, like you said, we're, we're going to talk in the next episode about what a, a role of an elder is and all that. And this next thing we're about to talk about is not necessarily a role of an elder, but it's something you're passionate about. And as one of the elders, it is one of the roles that you've been assigned, but I think you just, you love to do it, so it doesn't feel like an assignment, right? Mm-hmm. But we talk, we're talking about life groups. Um, how did you end up taking over that part, and then when did that begin? Um, so that began under Drew Matthews, okay. actually, you know, the pastor down in Smyrna now, and we... Our, that was our first life group that we attended and uh, we were involved in life groups at other churches, but it was kind of like, okay, you know, I need to sit under somebody and, and for a seat for a semester and get and go through it. So we sat with drew and I, I really learned a lot from drew, um, you know, and, and it's kind of, it's kind of helped me as well, just in other areas of life. And, and I'll, I'll, I keep doing this. I'll get back to your question, but I, <laughs> a little backstory of that. Is that the one thing I really learned from Drew, and I appreciated from Drew, is is um, to to engage conversation and just with small talk. It doesn't have to be anything deep. And and Drew always showed that he cared because he would ask questions and listen to answers. And I would see him do that in life group settings, and and so that helped me in life. Like you know, I'm I'm an introvert. I'm not a, a person that's looking for conversation all the time. But I learned from him, like to avoid awkward, just staring at each other, <laughs> like just <laughs> ask questions, even if they seem silly to me, it shows an interest in people. And, you know, that carried that carried me into life groups as well. You know, and we when we trans when we kind of evolved into adult life groups from being in, in youth ministry for seven years, we, we knew it was time to, you know, that we wanted to get involved in this. Um, so fast forward to, to Lifehouse, it was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, this is what we want to do. And so I think it was, it was early. Um, you know, I think we sat under Drew probably the spring of 14. And then by the fall of 15, I was helping him with, with groups. And it was a lot, it wasn't, it was a little more, I don't know why it was different. We had less people, less leaders, but just, you know, trying to organize people and all that. Um, it was, it, it was a little difficult, but, um, uh, but it was great sitting under him for that semester and, and seeing that. So now, you know, every life group I get, it's like their family, you know, and um, and we've said this to our life group leaders, and I don't want to make this a training for life group <laughs> leaders, but I think it's good for people to know that, you know, as we pour, me and you, me, you, Manny, uh, pour into leaders as life group leaders, like we tell them to invest in their people because the yeah. people – it'll it'll show it'll show and 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 the people are smart the people know when their life group leaders are are kind of not really into it um so that's important it's important for leaders to to be in and finding people who want to do it not just saying okay we need 20 leaders all right right first 20 you know like a pickup basketball game first 20 that make it you're, <laughs> yeah. you're a leader no that's that's it's more than that and it might seem like overkill when we have trainings and we have meetings and zoom meetings and follow-up phone calls and and how are things going but that's all because we want to make sure they're staying passionate and on fire yeah for for their people because that shows that shows and so you know my my life group are my family you know and and Absolutely. and it's it's um you know you got to be willing to open your home and open hearts and you know phone calls and all that to um to, to meet people where they are especially when needs come up and and um and Heather and I have always done that. She's she's great with hospitality, and and you know I enjoy a, a, the the teaching setting, kind of going back to the teaching and coaching. Like that's yeah. that's where all that came from. You know, I feel like 
you know, it's very similar. Me coaching my son's basketball team is, is very similar to leading a life group because I have to, you know, we're, we're adding instruction, but you also have to listen and you have to let others talk and you're not, you're not running the show, you know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to overtake it, but you, you're, you're facilitating. It's a, it's a good word is yeah. facilitating. Cause you're kind of kind of letting that, letting that, letting things flow, but knowing when to pull back when you need to. And, um, and all that comes with, with, with life groups. Yeah. And I would say, same with the life group leaders, like we talk about with elders, like we don't just be like, Hey, who wants to be a life group leader? Like it's people that we identify. They're like, man, like they're, they're on fire for Jesus and we want people to spend time with them and, and get to know them. So, and we'll do a, a future episode. It's long overdue just about life groups and the importance of life groups and why we should be in life groups. Even if, even if we're well connected in the church, even if we have a group of friends, like how can we be a blessing to other people? Like talk about all those things. Um, yeah. and, so, and, and I will say, I'm just going to say yeah. one more thing because a lot of this, you know, just letting everybody know that me and Manny work very well together and Manny does an awesome job on like the office side and, and the um, just facilitating and getting people in groups. And, and we have some long meetings for life groups, but yeah. I love every second of it. And, yeah. I and, love it. And not to get gushy, but I do appreciate our friendship. Absolutely. And, and you're, it makes you're, it easier. You're one of my favorite people <laughs> because of that. And, and uh, it does make it easier. It makes it easier, but it's, it's, it's awesome. And you, and you do a great job. Yeah, I mean, you, you build that trust. Like if, if either one of us had to make a decision without the other one, it's not nothing to worry about. Cause it's like, all right, we got to make this now. Like, sure. Yeah. And we're right. just like, Hey, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> this happened last week. Yeah. Just to let you know. But yeah, I mean that, that it makes it so much easier. Um, so we've talked about a lot of things, you know, how do you balance being a husband, a father, an elder, a CPA, all these things, you know, how do you balance a, board member and so how do you balance all of that you know and and just do life yeah it's it's definitely important to balance that um because you can get to an unhealthy level you know and and heather probably saw that a little bit with her dad um who ran a, a christian camp as i mentioned earlier and um you know his health suffered from it and unfortunately he passed away in 99 um but before we were married um but that was a that was a problem, you know, is that, is that finding that, finding that balance. Um, and, um, and it's, it's difficult, but, uh, you know, just, just knowing to say no to some things, even church things to say no to and, and knowing like what's important, like, yeah, I can do it, but the family needs to do it. You know, like we're all going to be involved, you know, um, you know, like VBS is a good example. Like we, you know, everyone's going to be here at VBS or we're going to serve together. And, um, and, and, and it's important for the kids to know that too. Like this is part of your, of your work. You know, this is part, um, especially as an elder, elder kid, you know, when we even say that for life groups, it's like, you know, you're going to help watch kids, you know, and it's, and they mumble, Oh man, I'm like, no, like this is, this is our life group. Right. <laughs> this is your, you live in this house. This is our life group and I'm not going to, you know, crack the whip all, all the time, but you're going to help and you're going to help set up chairs and you're going to help clean up after it's over because you're part of this family and you're, this is your ministry too. Yeah. And as an, as an, as an elder's child, then you need to show that as well. So, um, so I think that's important is, is making sure you're incorporating the family in it when you can, because it's so easy to say, all right, I'm off to church. I got to, you know, cause I, I, I over oversee the, the finances here as well. So it's easy to be like, you know, just kind of tap out of home life yeah. And, and just come and do it. And then, you know, meanwhile, there's neglect at home because I'm, I'm not there right. like I should be. And, and 
being being the the spiritual leader I'm called to be. Yeah, that's a whole other avenue I didn't even touch on, which is probably the biggest thing you do around here. Like is, is managing all that. I know I don't I wouldn't even know where to begin. But yeah, it's uh, it's great because you know we see we see God work, you yeah. know, and and you know, the, the good it's good and bad sometimes, but we don't slow down at Lifehouse, you know. Yeah. It's like, and we've seen that you see that other churches. It's like, all right, we, we're good. We can just we can just coast now because we're we're involved in in some things. Right. But we, you know, we're 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 on fire for our community. You know, we want want Lifehouse to be uh, to be an integral part of the MOT area. So yeah. if we were to take us out, and I always think that if we if we were removed from this, would we be missed? You know, and so the fact that we can do a good VBS and we can have a cafe and have a childcare center, uh, so yeah, that gets interesting doing the books for all that because you kind of we yeah. keep adding pieces and now a possible school. It's you know yeah. a school that not possible. It will happen someday. Um, it's it's like okay, yeah, it's makes you like shake sometimes, but it's right. like all right, this is our hey, we're gonna be good. Just, just imagine the um, day when there's a lighthouse above the canal; it's only gonna be so much crazier. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is your uh, favorite memory at Lifehouse? Um, I, I I would say the I would say the missions trip that I went on. So I went to India. Okay. Um, and I listened to the Steve's podcast and, and he talked some of that uh about koshi and and in the year jarvis went as the year i went so um which is a, a huge step of faith as well because i'm i'm not i'm not a very good traveler yeah so like I just i know it sounds like it's it sounds like i'm a big baby but <laughs> airplanes stress me out and probably the size of me is part of the stress yeah. um, but just being comfortable and and all that stuff but just like i don't know just I don't know, just planes just do something to me. So um so that was a step of faith to do that. Um but you know, the missions trips are are, are that. But a specific memory and I was I was thinking of this and it kind of goes back I, and and I this is not I'm not saying it's just because you mentioned this earlier but about the whole church plant thing. But the the days that we specifically sent off Drew and Mike and then Ben and Salem County. Um I remember those days and, and obviously, you know, Mark gets emotional thinking about that Yeah, um, because it wasn't losing people. It was launching people out. You right. know, it's, that's what we say for, that's one thing I learned for life groups. It's like, we don't, you know, we don't um, divide life groups. We don't, we don't split life groups. We launch new ones, right? It sounds Amen. better. And that's what, that's what we did with a group of people to Smyrna and, and to Ben and Wendy to Salem County is that we launched, Right. And I just remember those Sundays, and I think it's it was just special days to to be able to commission them to different areas of of our area uh, re, of our region uh, yeah. of you know where they were being called, you know. And and I think um, uh, I think those are those are moments that are really cool. So you know, I think the mission trips are, are an easy answer, or like when we have VBSs and stuff yeah. like that. But but when I was really thinking about it, I just remember those moments of like of their last Sundays here and just, and just praying for them and, and seeing what they're doing now in their respective areas. It's, it's awesome. Absolutely. All right. So we reached the end of our normal questions and we'll jump into our rapid fire segment. So what is your favorite food? It it would definitely be a good steak. Okay. A good steak with a good potato uh, loaded baked potato is good. But the difference with this and I know this is going to sound awful and I might even offend you, but I don't like really rare steaks. You know, I like, I would almost 
be more on the well done side. It's a crime. So it is. It probably is <laughs> because people are like, no, you need to like taste the blood. And I'm like, well, I don't really need to do that. So I rather my I rather my food. I you know be more on the on the done side well, growing but. up i was always a well done guy and then i tried it rear and i'm like i've been lied to my entire life <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, i'm not like super bloody i like it medium rare you know yeah right nice amount of I pink know. you know um what's your i mean I, this one might be a given what's your favorite hobby my favorite hobby it's it's sports but i also enjoy the beach so i okay. literally can like lay on the beach all day all right. so and be lazy all day on the beach so it's it's i would add that to it as well okay okay What's your, and people always get tripped on favorite book or, or a book that just has impacted your life, you know? All right. I'm going to say favorite book because, um, so I have this thing where I like to read about presidents. Um, cause it kind of going back to like my love of history and American history, early American history. And, um, so, so my favorite book is, is Truman. The book it's, it's called Truman, um, uh, by David McCullough. It's a, it's just about Harry Truman and it's a, it's a very interesting book and deals with his relationship with FDR and, and all that stuff. So I would say that's, that's my favorite book is, is Truman. It was kind of sad when the book was, was done. <laughs> I know it sounds like, Oh, that sounds like a, a riveting book to read, but it really, uh, it, it's just my love of history. It was, a, it was an awesome book. I, I think out of everything I've learned today, that's the most interesting thing. Cause I mean, we, we connect so well with so many things. And I just have no idea. I can tell you who the first and the 15th president is. And then like the most recent ones. And that's about it. <laughs> that's why our kids are named after presidents. <laughs> gotcha. like Tyler and Carter are, are named of presidents. And then Eli and Trent, we kept their name. We kept their first names when they got, when they, when we adopted them, but we changed our middle names and they also, our our names of presidents that's so, pretty cool so we kind of keep and then our dog's name is lincoln so so we kind of keep with the presidential theme and it all makes know. sense now <laughs> yeah, <so>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's your favorite preacher um so i was thinking through this as well and i'm going to say i'm going to say pastor koshi baby who okay. is the pastor who we support as i know you mentioned that in, in steve's podcast but um just to hear his assertiveness with his people his in india and just knowing the 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 persecution they would be under in their in their environment um i just learned i just was so amazed listening to him because he was so direct and upfront with the people he he didn't try to sugarcoat yeah he didn't try to it wasn't a country club atmosphere like you know which i think is a problem with some not here at lifehouse but some of our churches in america and that while we were in india and just hearing him with his with his congregation and just how like hey this is what it this is what it means to follow christ and whether you're you're on board or not you know and and just hearing him it was like real special to do and and we we witnessed one of their baptisms too and um and just and, and they did it on like a rooftop of because they can't do it like in 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 public, public view right. so they had to go to a rooftop and and they were the people that were that were up for being baptized were like walking up these flights of stairs because we were kind of walking up them too because we were watching it and the, and he was leading the way and they were singing i have decided to follow jesus they were singing that all the way up the stairs and it was the coolest thing and just to see him leading that and um and and knowing the risk that these people were taking for their faith uh to you know to to be obedient through baptism um and and just to and to hear him like talk to these people and make sure this is like you understand what you're doing and right. and and what this means it, it had a different perspective than um than it does in america and, and i really respected that and, and seeing him through that process was really cool that's awesome so that's 
a long answer to a rapid fire question. Eight. <laughs> I don't think nobody's gonna be beat the uh, the length of Jason Crowder's uh, <laughs> rapid fire. It's not Even his fault. Food? It was actually our fault. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the amount of time we went. Oh, okay. favorite uh, Bible okay. verse. <laughs> uh, that's my next. Yeah. yeah, that's my next rapid fire question. Um, Psalm forty six ten, which is which is be still and know that I am God, and I will be exalted in the heavens and the earth. So that, um, I know it sounds simple, but but that really. Um, I don't know if it's like a life verse, but really a verse that has has stood out to us, especially through the adoption process, yeah. is is I think for so much of my life it was it was me first, and it, it wasn't like I had some kind of control issue. It was just kind of it was a complacent a complacency, and and um, so it's a, it's like a different kind of still, yeah. you know, it's a different kind of still because now we're you know what's God doing next, but it might not be right now, so. So we're we're listening to the Lord more and and not like go go go, you know. It puts things in a different perspective, especially when you adopt and um and 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 you feel like things have to go a certain way, you yeah. know. But now it's like just we're going to be still, and you know we're not going to get to everything because we might have a child that's that needs a night at home, you know. So we have to build in nights at home, and we need to build in worship time and build in devotion time, and it might just be like. You, you you know what do you mean you don't want to go to the church picnic it's like no we just want to be home tonight cuz yeah his mind just might need to be home you know what i mean so understanding those times and 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 god directing those moments for our family i think that verse stands out because of that because of that it it, it stands out a lot now because of it so absolutely well one thing i'll say is you know we look forward to doing a future episode or just about adoption in general and just talking about it and and bringing awareness to it um look forward to that talk to a few guys that you mentioned already um so look forward to doing that and having you be a part of that as well yeah because the more awareness i mean there's still i love going to my board meeting for the orphan care coalition and and they know what's happening at lifehouse then they're so excited when i when we come back with with so many great stories of of people that are stepping out and um even when their life doesn't seem to, doesn't make sense, you know, cause that's always the first question. Well, are you able to do this? Are, you know, does it make sense for you to do it? And most of the times it, it doesn't make sense, you know, yeah. like, but that's where that faith step comes in, you know, cause yeah. that's, that's where you got to step into the dark and say, God, you're directing me right now. Cause it doesn't make sense. And people are saying, why are you doing this? Because it, it, it doesn't make logical sense, but, um, but that's the word we want to get out to people in our church. It's and and the more you see it around you, you know, like when we adopted, they told us they said, "Hey, that you're going to have support groups that you can go to the agency that we adopted from." We never needed a support right. group outside of Lifehouse because we had the Robinsons and Conalangos and and other families that have gone in, in the in the Riveras. So that's that's what's cool is that like in our life and within our own life group, we have so many. We have our own support group of families awesome. that have adopted that 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 has become our, our support system and that we can be a support system for others. And a lot of times it's just like, it might not be, what should I do here? It's like, this life is crazy. <laughs> I need somebody to hear it. Yeah. And and I know that you can, you know, and, and that's what it is. Sometimes it's like, man, you just got to hear what's going on in my house right now. Yeah. And that's a lot of the support group is just being able to talk about it and right. knowing that you won't get judged for being some sort of parent because you're making decisions on a, on a kid that you're trying to figure out what's wrong, you know? And, and that's the beauty of what we have at Lifehouse and we want, and I know we'll, we'll, this will be a whole separate podcast, but, but that's what we want people to see yeah. and to be a part of, you know, and to be able to experience it and, and us walk beside you through that, you know, For no sure. matter what that looks like. 
going to be, I look forward to those episodes, man. Thanks. Thank you for all you do here. Um, your blessing to our church, your family is, and look forward to just continue doing what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Manny. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Life Talk podcast. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. You can see new episodes in your feed each week. Until next time.